Did anyone feel really ripped off with uh, Comic-Con at home? I thought nothing would change. Because I thought this year, you know, Marvel would bring it with DC sort of saving everything for DC fandom. You know, I thought we'd get some really good reveals this summer just to kind of give us some hope for the future. And we got zilch. I was really disappointed in Marvel because I, like I said, I thought they would bring their A game with like, a first look at the Eternals, a sneak peek at Shang-Chi, a new Black Widow trailer, even maybe a trailer for the Eternals, or just a sort of glimpse into the other movies that are coming out. But all they brought was a trailer for a Hulu series that, one, people don't even remember, and two, will probably not last, pending if they're finally going to start connecting the TV shows and the movies. Someone asked on Instagram what we hope to see from DC Fandom here in a few days, and I literally just commented, anything. Anything, be honest, as long as it's better than SDCC at home. I even saw a post talking about how on how New York Comic Con is going to be at home, and I'm just like, they better have something then, because I'm sorry, but San Diego Comic Con was crap this year. It's been kind of, it's been bad the last few years a couple years just they don't bring it anymore well they don't a lot anymore it's just i don't know today comic con just has gotten kind of boring for me hello ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the sam talks nerdy podcast how are you doing this fine week i hope you're all doing great staying safe getting ready to go back to school i'm currently doing classes online right now because when I applied for classes at my local college that was all they were offering at the time so yeah yeah I get to stay home all day so that's kind of nice anyways nothing really much to talk about in terms of what I've been doing this week and last week just been chilling out getting ready traveling a little bit last week Stargirl the first season, the first season of Stargirl I should say ended and wow what a show to be honest i mean i was with everybody else at first because i thought it would be like you know like oh it's just gonna be another angsty teen drama but with superheroes this time but no it was actually a really good show it was sort of a coming of age story if you will what is stargirl about you were probably wondering for those of you who were probably living under a rock for the past few months well, Stargirl is a coming-of-age story about a girl named Courtney Whitmore who finds out that her stepdad, Pat Dugan, was the sidekick to a superhero named Starman, who was a member of a hero team called the JSA. One fateful day, the JSA was wiped out by their mortal enemies, the ISA, or the Injustice Society of America, and Pat is forced to take on the role of trying to find the Injustice Society himself and stop them. But Courtney soon finds out that... Her stepdad kept the cosmic staff, the weapon used by Starman, and she then becomes the new Starman, but changing her name to Stargirl. And then she goes sets out to create the new JSA by drafting kids from her school, one happening to be the son of a fallen member of the JSA. Like I said, this is more of a coming-of-age story for a bunch of kids who have to take over these mantles of these fallen superheroes. It's actually more of a very lighthearted, less Alan Mori Watchmen. One thing I really adored about the show was how they handled the Justice Society, or the JSA as I've been calling them. The JSA were the very first 
ever superheroes to be created by Garner Fox all the way back in 1930, 1940, I forget. I actually have a book on him. I'm going to start reading here soon. But these were the very first superheroes, and to me it's been sort of a tragedy that they were swept under the rug, kind of forgotten about. I mean, yeah, they had a presence in mainstream media with appearances in comics, a couple of solo series. One was really good, written by Jeff Johns. But yeah, a couple of comic series, a couple of guest stars in TV shows and movies. But they just weren't handled well sometimes. And once they handled well, I mean, they weren't really handled well in live action. They had an appearance in Smallville in a, I think it's a two-parter on Smallville. And then they had a appearance on Legends of Tomorrow. I actually did a post on my Instagram where I kind of ranked the JSA betrayals. And I put Stargirl at number one, Smallville at number two. Let's just tomorrow at number three. I did Smallville at number two because, well, yes, they were faithful. They didn't do much with the JSA. They just brought in Hawkman, Doctor Fate, Star Girl, Icicle Junior. That was it. They, I, I, I give them second because they built a lot. They set up a lot, a lot of the lore in the uh, JSA Brownstone Museum. Legends of Tomorrow was last because. They just did not do, do them justice. The costumes looked weird. They were in one episode, and then they get killed off over the span of the season. And that was sort of a ripoff for me because I was like, awesome. The JSA is going to be in Start and not Star Girl, in Legend of Tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. They're going to have a huge role. Nope. One episode, three die, one is retired. That it was just a ripoff for me. What Stargirl did was that they actually gave us a little bit of time with the JSA, even though it's for like five, six minutes of the first episode. But then we had all this lore behind the JSA with visits to the Brownstone, learning about what happened to Iron Man after the fall of the JSA. We learned how Pat and Starman. Mad, the first team they ever worked with. That is what really made it for me in terms of how the JC was handled on Stargirl. That and the really good costumes. I mean, they were awesome. The people behind the suits are actually a group called LJ Super Suits. They've done suits for Doom Patrol, Titans, and even the boys on Amazon Prime. And what I think really makes these guys special is that they do research into their costumes. They actually did a post earlier this week where they posted like a picture of Deathstroke, kind of, I think, their main inspiration for his Season 2 costume. They kind of broke down how they do a lot of research into things that can influence their costumes, pretty much. And that is what I think really made these costumes. They made them work. Because remember, these heroes are from the Golden Age, the very first era of superheroes where they had some really abstract-looking costumes. I mean, Icicle was literally just in a white onesie with a freeze gun. But they actually made it work to where he looked cool and he was awesome and scary. Same thing for like Sportsmaster. You know, in the comics, he was just a guy with a black sort of cloth over his face. I mean, yeah, I guess Young Justice kind of made him cool. But they really made him work in live action because he looked so cool with the hockey mask and the baseball goalie catcher, whatever umpire the umpire padding and then all the baseball tricks and gears and it was uh 
LJ Super Suits really made the costumes work in this show. They were so great, a lot better than the CW, which is just Leather City over there. I mean, I feel like all their costumes are just leather. The villains were sort of a who's who of Golden Age, JSA, supervillains. They had Icicle, Sportsmaster, Tigress, Dragon King, The Gambler, The Fiddler, and The Shade. You know, The Shade was sort of not present through a lot, through a lot of series, but he is going to be in Season 2 apparently. But they, re- they took these very abstract... Probably even C, B, C, D list supervillains, and made them probably some of the best live action DC villains to date, next to like General Zod and Ocean Master. And I'm talking the DC extended universe movies, Zod and Ocean Master. And their plot was something very unique that we I feel like we don't really get enough of with supervillains. It was like it was an actual plot that showed they don't see themselves as the bad guys. Because sometimes, sometimes the, most of the plots are, oh yeah, I'm going to blow up, you know, Manhattan, or I'm going to go nuke a small town because of some weird reason. But this, they actually had a good reason where Icicle's wife was killed because of pollution, and he and the other villains decided to do a project called New America where they have like universal health care and equal rights for every gender, race, sex. And you know, you're watching this and you're like, I I can't hate these guys. I mean, they're actually doing something that could benefit the country. I mean, yeah, part of their plan was for those who sort of resisted the uh, brain su- suggestion, hypnotizing, tism, hypnosis, they would die, but I mean, if you really think about it, were they wrong? I mean, if you look at our country now, I honestly would rather have it be taken over by a bunch of supervillains with that sort of agenda, because I feel like they would get the job done right. Oh, I also forgot Grundy, Solomon Grundy, who was handled a lot differently than in past live-action adaptations because in Arrow he was just Cyrus Gold and he was in the zombie he was just a dude hopped up on steroids and then there was the Solomon Grundy on Gotham that was a bit more faithful but this version of Grundy was really faithful he was a huge hulky monster just yeah that was probably the the best version of Grundy we got in live action and I mean yeah he was all CGI but he didn't look half bad he looked pretty good and plus, I mean, how else can you do Salman Grundy like that? I mean, it's hard. The tone of the show varied from very lighthearted to somewhat very dark moments. I mean, the dark moments were... I honestly didn't think we'd have these moments in a show like Stargirl, but we did. We had we see these kids going up against these psychopathic supervillains who were just killing people on their way. Even... Even even parenting comes into play a lot in this show with like, oh crap, I haven't got to talk about Brainwave, but I mean, can you blame me? Because he was benched for like most of the season until the last few episodes, but anyways. But yeah, so I mean, parenting comes into play with this series where we kind of look at the look at the villains as parents. And I actually did a, a top 10 list of like, or not like a top 10 list, but like a ranking of like, 
who in the Injustice Society are the best parents. And it was like, oh gosh, dang it, I, I forgot to talk about the magician also. Jeez. Yeah, well, I mean, also you can't blame, blame me on that, that one either because he was killed off in the second, third episode. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. But, I mean, anyways, back to the parenting thing. So I rent them all as parents. I had uh, The Magician and Lady Fiddler as number one. Ice Cold's two. Sportsmaster and Tigers at three. Then Dragon King. No, no, sorry. Brainwave at four. Then Dragon King at five. Because Dragon King was just awful. I mean, he just ignores his daughter and then leaves her in the care of a sitter who is being held against her will to take care of her. She's just being abused and just mistreated like garbage. And yeah, it's just... This show was really interesting because we got to see sort of this new generation of villains being raised up, possibly new generation of heroes, of heroes being raised by their supervillain parents. I actually wonder how that how that's going to come into play in future seasons. Maybe the Shade will create a new Injustice Society with the daughter of Tigers and Sportsmaster, Icicle Junior, the new the other Fiddler, the Fiddler's son. I mean, just yeah, but yeah, the tone. Man, I'm I'm just all over the place right now with this, but the tone but range from lighthearted from lighthearted to dark. I mean, there were some very dark moments. I mean, literally first episode we see all of the heroes die. Well, some die. I mean we see Wildcat get punched through a wall, we see the shade or sorry not the shade, we see Doctor Midnight get grabbed by by the shade and dragged out of the mansion. We see Starman get impaled by a icicle, we see Sandman dead in the background, we Learn that the Flash, Jay Garrick vanished. We learned that Alan Scott vanished or is dead. We learned that Hawkman, that Hawkman Hawkgirl died. I mean, we even learned about another hero that 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 used to know Pat named the Shining Knight, who went solo to try to stop Dragon King, and then he gets really messed up afterwards, where he was brainwashed and made to be sort of like a zealot of his little cult and then escaped and he's sort of like has memory loss and he can't remember and he can't remember, and he can't remember who he is and it's like flashes. I mean, I, I feel like I'm not really explaining the tone of the show that well. I mean, if you have DC Universe or if you can find it on, on the CW seat or on the CW, then I really suggest you watch it. Um, I, I mean, definitely watch it on, on DC Universe now while it's, while it's still up because... Yeah, Disney Universe, that streaming services day is numbered. I do have a couple of gripes with the show. One is we didn't see a lot more of the original JSA. Because, I mean, what's the point of casting, like, like a Joe McHale and, like, actually getting actors for these characters just to have them killed off in the first few minutes of, th- of the first episode and then that's it? I mean, yeah, Starman is... I guess alive because we saw him at the end of season one, so maybe he and a few other members survived. I have no idea. I don't know what that. I don't know what in stores. So hopefully, we'll get some more on that in, in, in a few days. But you know, I just really wish we saw more of the JSA, the old JSA, through flashbacks. Because I mean, I mean, come on, you had Lou Ferrigno Jr. as our man. I mean, how? I mean, we. I mean, who does want more of that? I mean, yeah, he was at a. He was in he was in the beginning of one episode for a flashback, but he wasn't in a suit. He was like getting ready to run because he was found out by the uh, by the villains. But I just really wish we saw more of the old JSA. 
My second gripe is with Wildcat. I have no problems with Yolanda, the current new Wildcat, but they really did not adapt the character well. Because in, in the comics, he's just he's a prize fighter and he has nine lives due to some magical whatever. But in, but in the show, he's basically a Black Panther ripoff where he's like, Claws, I can cut through anything. He can climb, he has agility, a magical conforming suit. I'm just... No, that's not well. That's not who Wildcat is. Wildcat is just a prize fighter who has his his fists and nine lives. He's not Black Panther. Um, that just that really annoyed me a little bit because he's because he is my favorite character of the JSA. Him next to Iron Man and the Flash. So I was really bummed when they kind of pulled that on us and made him just a Black Panther copy don't know if they're trying to make him cooler but they honestly should have just left him how he was if you think you can put up with some sort of a teen drama then i highly suggest you check out star girl it's a really good show and season two is going to be wild because they set up the shade and they established another villain named eclipso then we have the first starman back i mean season two is going to be bonkers and, and I'm really excited for the Shade because he is such a really, he's such a cool villain. I mean, his powers are going to look super cool in live action, especially with the sort of budget. I mean, hopefully it won't shrink because they're being moved to the CW after this season, which probably means I won't be able, able to watch season two, which is a bunch of crap, but I will figure it out. Anyways, if you want to watch it, make sure you can catch it on the DC Universe app streaming service while it's still up or try and find it online i doubt you i doubt you will but you can always watch it on amazon prime i guess i don't know if it's on there i haven't looked but anyways that will be it for this week's episode of sam talks nerdy thank you so much for being here i really appreciate all any views or uh, certain not views listens i can get and i will see you guys next week be safe be healthy. Peace out.